Praise the Lord. We'd like to welcome everyone today. If you're a guest with us, we're so glad you're here worshiping with us this morning. Amen. Praise God. And uh, even if you're not a guest, it's still good to see you. Praise God. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I feel like uh, <laughs> I feel like it's deja vu all over again. Um, last week, I'm very well aware of the time, and it's my, my intention, uh, as it was last week, the Lord moved in here during worship, and God ministered, and um, same thing happened this week, and that's okay with me. That is okay with me, uh, but I do have something I feel to share just with you this morning that I feel like uh, is for someone today, and I don't say that um, lightly. I feel that very strongly that it's for someone, hopefully for someone's, but at least for someone. Uh, I want to take you to a story, and you can remain seated because I'm going to read it out of a different translation because I feel like the King James in this story gets a little... Uh, little uh, it's, it's tough to follow. But I want to take you to a story that maybe you've probably heard before. Uh, we find it in 2 Kings chapter 5. And verse number 1, it says this, The king of Aram had a great admiration for Naaman, the commander of his army, because through him the Lord had given Aram great victories. But though Naaman was a mighty warrior, he suffered from leprosy. At this time, Aramean raiders had invaded the land of Israel and among their captives was a young girl who had been given to Naaman's wife as a maid. One day the girl said to her mistress, I wish my master would go to see the prophet in Samaria. He would heal him of his leprosy. So Naaman told the king what the young girl from Israel had said. Go and visit the prophet, the king of Aram told him. I will send a letter of introduction for you to take to the king of Israel. So Naaman started out carrying as gifts 750 pounds of silver and 150 pounds of gold and 10 sets of clothing. The letter of the king of Israel said, With this letter I present my servant Naaman. I want you to heal him of his leprosy. When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes in dismay and said, This man sends me a leper to heal. Am I God that I can give life and take it away? I can see that he's just trying to pick a fight with me. But when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes in dismay, he sent his message to him. Why are you so upset? Send Naaman to me, and he will learn that there is a true prophet here in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and waited at the door of Elisha's house. But Elisha sent a messenger out with him with this message. Go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Then your skin will be restored, and you will be healed of your leprosy. But Naaman became angry and stalked away. I thought he would certainly have come out to meet me, he said. 
I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy, call on the name of the Lord as God and heal me. Aren't the rivers of Damascus, the Bani and the, the, far, the Farpar better than any of the Israel rivers? Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? So Naaman turned and went away in rage. But his officers tried to reason with him and said, Sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? So you should certainly obey with him when he simply says, Go and wash and be cured. So Naaman went down the Jordan River and dipped himself seven times, and the man of God had instructed him. And his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child, and he was healed. That's a, quite a powerful story, but here we are. We sit in uh, 21st century America, and the kind of thought process, what does that have to do with me? Uh, I said it several weeks ago, and not to get back into it again, but in the... Biblical context, leprosy was the greatest death sentence that you could receive. If you received, if you had leprosy, it was an absolute 100% death sentence. But that's not the point of what I'm talking to you today about, what I feel the Lord wants me to share with you today about. It's not about leprosy. It's about the fact that there was a man that was a powerful man, a mighty man, the Bible calls him a man of valor. He was a wealthy man. He was a respected man. He had a man with high social standings. He had everything in his life going for him, but yet he had something in his life that he could not control. He had things in his life. A lot of times you'll see in the Bible that uh, there are several places where leprosy is, is, is uh, tied to sin. Not that if you have sin, you have leprosy, but sin is used and leprosy is used as a type of sin. That, that there are things in us, there are things in our life, there are situations in our lives that, that we cannot control. We cannot figure out. We don't know the answer to. There was no way he had 750 pounds of silver and 150 pounds of gold. Anybody know off the top of your head? I, I, I don't know. It, it gets fuzzy sometimes. How many ounces are in a pound? Anybody know that? 16, thank you. I knew it was somewhere in there. What did you say? There was a test later. There's a test later. So let's just, let's just for the fun of it, okay? I'll break out the old trusty uh, calculator. 16 ounces times 150 pounds. And I believe today the price of gold is about $1,300 an ounce, somewhere like that. So he carried with him $3.1 million of gold. Not counting the 750 pounds of silver. He carried with him three. Point one million dollars worth of gold. Everything that he could do on his own, he tried to do all of his efforts, all of what he had, he tried to do to get out of where he was. He was going to use what he could, his way, his will, his things, his thinking, his standing to get out of where he was. And when he shows up and the prophet sends out the messenger, the prophet gives him instructions. Go and wash in the river. 
I, I, uh, we came across this a um, couple days ago. My, 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 I forgot how they did. I think when my, my kids stayed with my mom last week, and in the course of it, I think they were goofing around on the iPad, and they came across um, uh, um, on YouTube or something. There's a, there's a, a show. I, I don't think it's on anymore. It was on for a while. I believe it was on Discovery Family, or I don't know what channel it was on. But it was called Our Little Family. Ever seen a show? It follows a family of little people. Come to find out, the one of the people that were in the show for two years live like right down the street from us. Literally. They live right in the area. And so we were having fun and we were going back and we were watching some of the episodes that they had did that they had that they had done of this family because it shows the area. It shows them and we have seen them and and in fact, we see them around quite a bit, and we, we, when I saw the picture of them, and I realized and put two and two together, we'd seen them quite a bit. But it was funny because it kind of showed the sort of the, the falseness of, um, of, of, of uh, TV because the way they portrayed our area, I'm like, eh, wait a minute. And they're, they're making it look like a utopia. Not that living here is not great. I'm thinking, wait a minute. And one day, it cracked me up. One day, she says to the kids, let's go to the beach. And they're like, you know, they're making this big deal out on this episode. We're going to the beach. We're they got the lawn, the beach chairs. They got the umbrellas. They're ready to go. They got the cooler. Guess what beach they went to? No, that would have been an upgrade. Sandy Point would have been an upgrade. If you're familiar, the Naval Academy Bridge. Yeah, we're getting there, right? At the end of the Naval Academy Bridge, there's a restaurant called the Severn Inn. In the parking lot of the Severn Inn, there's a stretch of dirt from here to the black water that's about that big. That's the beach they went to. And they're showing the kids playing in the water. And they're showing the umbrellas. And I'm like, I wouldn't even want to get out of my car in that spot. And it kind of like, it, is, it was hilarious because I'm telling my wife, I said, you know, people are probably watching this going, boy, look at the beaches in Annapolis. We got to go to Annapolis, honey. They got great beaches. I'm like, what a false advertisement that is. And I got to think, do you think about that? Here's this guy, and I don't know what the condition of the Jordan River was at the time, but apparently it was not as appealing to him as his own rivers. And here he is being asked to get into water that was not appealing to his own desires and own flesh, but yet it was the answer that God had given him, and it was an answer out of where he was. It wasn't the answer that he wanted, but it was the answer that he needed. And oftentimes, we look for the answer that we want, but God gives us the answer that we need. And God's answer is always going to challenge the will of our flesh. That God's answer is always going to challenge, are we willing to give past the desires of our flesh, the, 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 the feelings of our flesh? Are we going to do it His way, or are we going to continue to want to do it our way? And this man was so stubborn at first that literally he got angry and walked away and was willing to be sick and die versus just doing what God said. 
That literally, if I told you today that you were dying of stage 4 cancer, you had three months to live, but all you had to do was go down to that nasty beach there by the Severn Inn at the foot of the hill of the Naval Academy Bridge and get in that nasty water and dip seven times, I don't think there'd be anybody here to go, you know what, I just, I don't really, I'd, I'd rather die. No, he'd be like, you know what, I'm desperate enough to do it. But yet this man with a death sentence hanging over his head got angry and said, I don't want to do it that way. I want to do it my way. And what's crazy today is, is that some of you over that sitting in here, that you have a death sentence that's sitting over your life. Not a literal death sentence, but a spiritual death sentence that's hanging over your life. There are things inside of you that are deep down inside that are eating away at you. There are things in your life that are stripping away at you. There are things in your life that are tearing you apart piece by piece. And you come and God gives you the answer but it's not the answer that you want and you're willing to walk out of here with that stuff still in you versus just saying okay God whatever you want to do you know what I got to think think about this in some ways apparently it wasn't bad enough yet apparently the leprosy was only a little here, a little there. Apparently it hadn't got to the point where he was desperate enough. Because let's be honest, when you're desperate, there is no price too high that you're not willing to pay. When you're desperate enough, there's nothing that God asks of you that you're not willing to do. But can I tell you today that some of you are trying to figure out the answer and then you're trying to back God in a corner and you're trying to convince God just that you have your way but you're frustrated with God because He doesn't seem to be cooperating. Can I tell you today that there is an answer? But the answer is going to require that you be willing to say, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. It's not what I think. It's not what I want. It's not my opinion. But God, whatever you want, however you want to do it, that's what I'm willing to do. Can I tell you this? I said it before, really, when you pull it all down, what other option do you have? We see that when, when we hear the, hear the bumper sticker, we talked about it many times before, and I want to belabor it again. But you see the bumper sticker, and it says, when you tried everything else, try Jesus. Can we just get to the punchline? You're going to try everything, it's going to fail. So instead of spending a next forever in pain, just get to the punchline. Try Jesus now. And it's amazing that some of us are sitting in this room today and we know the answer. We know what the answer is. We know what the answer is. But yet our flesh is so strong and that voice and that will is so strong that we are willing to walk out of those doors knowing what the answer is. But yet we are so stubborn we refuse to let God have His way. We would rather live with the leprosy then live with a healing in order to keep our will intact. We would rather live with the death sentence of leprosy than to give up our will and get a miracle in healing and life and freedom. I've said this before, I say it again. The biggest frustrations of my life Literally, the biggest regrets of my life are not what you think. 
They're not some great sin that I've committed even though I have sinned. They're not some big huge mistake that I made even though I have made some whoppers. Those are not my biggest regrets. My biggest regrets in my life is when I stood on the pathway of decision and God's way is this way and my way is that way and my way looks appealing and God's way looks distasteful and I allowed myself not to give in to God's way and refuse to do it because it didn't look like what I wanted. And when I finally said I've had enough and did it God's way and found the life that was available to me, it frustrated me to no end that I did not give God a chance sooner. It's amazing to me to watch people that would rather live with, with fear, with doubt, with frustration, with anxiety, with, 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 with addiction, with, with, with junk in your life. You'd rather live like that than give God an opportunity. You say, Brother Wright, it's so hard. I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if there's anybody that stands here today that says, guess what, I can do it. Because you know what the way God works is? If you say you can do it, then God will prove to you you can't do it. So you're right, you can't do it. At least you got that part right. I've heard people, we're talking just a little while ago to a a person. They're coming back to God. They're doing their best. The the Lord's working in their life. And Brother Bickley and I were talking to to this person. And they made the statement. And they said, you know what? I'm really trying hard to come back. But I just don't know right now. I'm I'm afraid if I make a commitment to God, I'm going to make a mistake. My God, get in line. That's not the problem. Do you know what? Falling is not the problem. Mistakes are not the problem. As silly as it sounds, and you've heard it, I can get to this side of the carpet, to that side of the carpet, falling, as long as I keep falling forward. It may not look pretty, but I'll get the job done. I know all of you want to you just step your way through it and like everybody see or moonwalk your way through it but there's some of us that you know what we're gonna fall but I'm gonna keep falling that way and you know what hey I may have somebody that needs to drag me along every once in a while but you know what I'm gonna do what I'm able to do and greater is he that is in me I'm telling you, I feel that so strongly right now. That I don't know who you are. It may be one person. I'm feeling that this just it just pinging on my spirit. Uh, and just there's somebody that the there's a voice in you that is lying, that says you can't do it. If you let God, you, you're you're going to make mistakes. You're gonna you're gonna fail. That is a lie from the pits of hell. I take authority over that lying spirit now in the name of Jesus. I rebuke it in Jesus' name. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Devil, I bind every voice of accusation. I bind every voice of lie and negativity that you are using to combat the hearts and minds of people in this room right now. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I loose the voice of faith to rise in the hearts and minds of people right now. I loose the voice of faith in the name of Jesus. 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 
Hasha Corona Borabaya. Well, I can feel it in my spirit. I know it just I know some of you think I'm just cuckoo. That's okay. I like being cuckoo. God, I can feel literally God is just pulling on somebody's heart. Pulling on somebody's heart. If you would just let God do it today. And you would stop resisting it. And you stop giving excuses why it can't happen, why it shouldn't happen. And you would just say, God, I'm tired of running from it. I'm tired of fighting it. And God, I'm willing today just to let you do what you want to do. I'm not trying to live up to an expectation. I'm not trying to abide by a rule book. All I'm trying to do is, God, I know I need you in my life. I know I need you. You know what? I've said this before, but I don't believe you're a single young man. You're a single young man. Why you shake your hand like that? You're like as if this, well, is this a maybe? Is this something you need to talk about later? Uh, both of you one day hope to be married, right? Okay, fellas, this is, when he's sitting here. This is where I tell you, wow. <laughs> okay, Jesus, I'm asking you right now. Let faith rise in these two young men. So what if I said to you, you know what? If I, if I have the opportunity to do your, do your wedding ceremony, and, I, and you came before me, and you're standing there, and I said, okay, today uh, for our wedding ceremony, we are now going to go down all of the things that you're not going to be able to do. We're not going to talk about anything. We're just going to say, today's wedding ceremony is, are you willing not to do this, 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 sign a contract. I wouldn't be a very popular wedding officiant, would I? Because in a wedding, we talk about the commitment of love. There's some things in there, you know, we throw in there, but really, it's a ceremony celebrating what you're desiring to do for each other, not each other. But... <laughs> okay. Boy, that went, that went south fast. I need a... Woo! What time is it? We got to hurry up. But ultimately, that's not the focus. That's not the focus of a marriage ceremony. The focus of a marriage ceremony is not what you're, you're, you're giving up. It's what you're getting. The focus when you get married is not, if you focus on what you're giving up, your marriage is doomed before it even starts. If you're fo- and you've heard those people say, do you realize you're going to have to wake up to the same person forever? I never thought of it that way. You're doomed already. Because really, it's the opportunity I get to wake up next to this person every day for the rest of my life. Not, I, really, I got to wake up next to them every day? What we think in God's term, the opposite. We think of everything we got have to give up. And I put that in quotations as if we're giving up really anything. We're all these things we got to give up to come to God, but I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't do this. We never take into equation what we're getting. <laughs> we're giving up. We're going to give up this and I can't do that and I can't do this. I can't do that anymore. I can't go there. 
But I get peace and I get joy and I get life and I get happiness and I just get healing and contentment and joy. But I gotta give up all this stuff. That's how we look at it. The devil tricks us into saying that. But you know when you give God a chance, this is you gotta give up all of this stuff. But he doesn't want you to realize. It's not giving up anything. You are, exactly. You're not giving up anything. You are, you are being delivered from things so that you can get the best thing ever. It's not about what you can't do. It's about what you get to do. It's not about I gotta go to church now. It's about I get a chance to fellowship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Creator. <laughs> but yet we see that we don't see that. We see the river, we don't see the miracle. We see the muck of the Jordan, but we don't see the miracle. That God is giving to us. We see what God's asking us to do. We think, but I don't want to do that. That's not appealing to me. But yet we don't stop long enough and say, you know what? It may not be what I want to do, but it's what I need to do because there's a miracle on the other side. There's healing on the other side. And you can sit here today and you can fight and wrestle in, 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 your, in your life with that will. And you can walk out of here like Naaman was going to and say, you know what? I'm not willing to give up my way. I'd rather die and keep my way. Hopefully there's somebody in your life like Naaman had that said, whoa, time out, stop. Think about what you're doing. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? Is it worth it? Can I ask somebody today for you to walk out of here today again and get in your car and go home and your will and doing your things? Let me ask you, you did that last week. How's it worked out for you? It doesn't work. And to think that one day somehow you're 750 pounds of silver and your $3.1 million in gold is somehow going to get you what you need. It won't work. There's nothing you can ever do in your own way and your own ability that can ever equate to getting what you need. There is but one source and that's God. I wish somebody today would listen to me, hear me in the Holy Ghost, not me, the voice of a man but I feel very strongly the voice of the Holy Ghost speaking that God is reaching for somebody. God is reaching for you. And He's saying, here's the answer. I'll help you. I'll give you things. But there's this last remnant left in you that you've got to decide what's more important, my will or God's way. My will or His way. Would you just take a moment right where you are and just bow your head. And I feel like today someone needs to have a moment with God. And you need to do a check, an inventory check. And say, God, and be honest. Might as well be honest. No point in lying. He already knows it anyway. So might as well cut to the chase and be honest. Say, God, I'm struggling. I know what I feel to do. I know what your spirit's drawing me to do. But God, my will is strong. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Help me today. Come on, pray and ask God that. 
Pray and help. Ask God that. Come on, be open with them. You don't have to talk, talk to the top of your lungs, but don't just think it. Speak it. Maybe it's just a whisper. But let some words pass through your lips and ask God for help today. Say, God, I need you. I need you to help me. I need you to help me. I don't want to be stubborn and miss out on an opportunity. I don't want to be stuck in my own will, in my own way, and neglect the opportunity. If you're trying to do a miracle in my life, if you're trying to give me deliverance, strength, healing, hope, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, just t- let's take a moment. Let's talk to the Lord. Come on. Come on, let, don't get distracted, those around you. Come on, can you, can you spare five minutes of talking to God? Five minutes. Just five minutes. Just you and God for five minutes. Come on, there's soul. There's eternal salvation that are hanging in the balance in this place. I don't mean that to be dramatic, but I'm meaning that from the standpoint there are people today that if they would let God help them, their eternal destiny can be changed in this room today. There can be an eternal change of their destiny in this room today. If you're willing to say, God, whatever you want, that's what I'm willing to do. Whatever you want, that's what I'm willing to do. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, move in this place today. Move in this place today in the name of Jesus. 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 Come on, it's not what you agree with or don't agree with. You may agree with things, you may not agree with things. It's not about agreeing today. It's about what does God want you to do? It's what does God want? You're not following a religion. You're not trying to follow a doctrine. You're trying to follow what does God want you to do? God, what do you want me to do? And I want to do that today. In the name of Jesus. Come on, why don't you reach over next to somebody right now. Let's pray one for another. Come on, let's pray for one another in this place right now. Let the Holy Ghost begin to move amongst us. Come on, there's some people that are trying to make a decision in this room today. The Spirit of God is moving. Come on, let's be sensitive for a moment. The Holy Ghost, it may not be, it's not an emotional thing today. You don't have, it's not an emotional decision. It's not an emotional decision. If you want to change, then change. It's as simple as that. If you want to change, then change. You don't need an emotion. You don't need some two-hour prayer meeting. You don't need God to come back there and shake you. You just need to make a decision. Okay, God, whatever you want me to do, I'm willing to do. Whatever you want me to do, I'm willing to do. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, just another moment. Come on, let's pray one for let's pray just for another few moments. Let's pray for another few moments in the name of Jesus. 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 Here's what I want to do here as we close this service out today. Oftentimes, we want things to be emotional. We want things to be a big emotional experience. But really, it doesn't need to be an emotional experience. Dr. James Hughes has preached here before. He makes the statement, if you want to change, then change. We've, we've made everything about it's, 
you know, if God doesn't do it, it can't be done. No, the first thing it's got to do, you've got to make a choice. If you want to change, change. Start with your own choice. Don't just put it all on God. God, if you don't do anything, I can't do it. Baloney. You want to change? Change. Make a choice. Say, God, I'm, wanting, I'm starting to change today. I'm willing to change today. As we close this service out today, Chris, you can come. If you, we close this service out today, here's what I want us to do as a group. And not everybody would, can, does have to participate. But in just a moment, I want us... Those of you that desire, even if you've already done it a hundred times, it doesn't hurt to do it again. But as we close this service out, I want you to stand and lift up your hands as a declaration to God that says, God, your will in my life. I want your will done in my life. God, by your help and grace, I'm laying down what I want, what I think, what I desire. But God, I want you. Can you just stand and tell them that right now? Come on, it's good to sit there and do it, but can you stand and do it? Is there anybody that's willing to stand there today? In the name of Jesus. Come on and tell them that right now. In the name of Jesus. Your will today be done in my life. Come on, you're making a choice today. You're making a decision. I'm starting today. Choose you this day whom you will serve. It starts with a simple choice. Okay, God. My way's not working. What I'm doing's not working. God, I want your way. I want what you want to do in my life. Oh, in the name of Jesus. 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 Lead me, Lord. Lead me, Lord. Lead me, Lord. I will follow. Come on, tell them that right now. Just another moment. We're almost done. You can spare two minutes. Come on, tell them that. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh. Hallelujah. Lead me, Lord. I will go You have called me I will answer Lead me Lord I will go Sing it with me now Lead me Lord I will follow, lead me, Lord. I will go, you have called me. I will answer, lead me, Lord. Join me, lift your hands. Lead me, Lord.
Jesus' name. Let's clap our hands one more time and thank the Lord. 